is a tasty burger. Burger. Yeah, ready, yeah, ready, yeah, ready, yeah, ready. Hello, all of you beautiful people out there. Welcome back to whatever the show where I talk about whatever. My name is Cameron, and you're filled with determination. I d- what is Denny? Why? Go away, Windows. Okay, there we go. Uh, I got my wife with me again this time. Hello. Uh, I was and I was going to continue my Harry Potter series and talk about Half Blood Prince, but I've just been really sick this week, and I did no preparation whatsoever. So I figured. I might as well do something easy, you know, easy to talk about and that we both really enjoy. So I'm deciding to do my Undertale episode. Well, Undertale slash Deltarune, but mainly Undertale because it's the biggest portion of it. So, yep. So Undertale came out September 15th, 2015. And according to the Wikipedia... Undertale is a 2D role-playing video game created by indie developer Toby Fox. The player controls a child who has fallen into the underground, a large secluded region under the surface of the Earth, separated by a magic barrier. The player meets various monsters during the journey back to the surface. Some monsters might engage the player in a fight. The combat system involves the player navigating through many bullet hell attacks by the opponent. They can opt to pacify or subdue monsters in order to spare them instead of killing them. These choices affect the game with the dialogue, characters, and story changing based on outcomes. And that's the biggest thing of Undertale. Like, everything you do affects pretty much everything else. And legitimately affects it, not like the Telltale series where your decisions kind of matter, but not really. There's no, uh, no, the so-and-so will remember that, and they barely do. Like... And that's that's something with the Telltale series that really pisses me off too, because you make this choice and it's like, oh, you won't remember this. And even if it does come up later, it's like a two second bit that really affects everything. Right. Whereas, like, depending on how you play Undertale, the whole game itself changes. The dialogue changes. The characters' attitudes change. Everything changes. Let's see, what is Undertale on? So, so far, obviously, uh, Undertale was released for PC first. It was, I think, free from its own website, uh, Windows, and then it got released on the PS4, uh, PS Vita, Nintendo Switch, and now, just recently, like not even a week ago, they announced that it was coming to the Xbox. And the interesting thing about like each re-release of the game, like when it got put on the PS4 or when it got put on the the Switch, is that there's something different in each version. Like, it's mainly revolves around the uh, dog shrine that you find in Papyrus's house, or Papyrus and Sans's house, because the original game just has the dog shrine, uh, and so does the PS4 version, but the Nintendo Switch version actually has a secret door, like everything's already there, has a secret door that you open by messing with the Joy-Cons, and it actually goes to a secret boss battle. And apparently, the Xbox version has a, uh, has, in that same room, has now a, like, a slot machine, like a casino-type thing, 
So, yay, gambling for the kids. <clears throat> By the way, I apologize about all the coughing in this episode. Like I said, I have been sick this whole week. So, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm just kidding. I love you all. But, uh, so the plot is the plot. So, like the intro said, you're a, you're a child that falls into the underground. And <laughs> the first person you ever meet in this entire game is that little yellow bastard, Flowey. Now, Flowey, as you go on to find out, pretty much is aware of everything. Like, Flowey is fully aware of who you are, fully aware that, you know, you're controlling this world. Because he he is actually a, would you say, mutated version of Ezreal? No, he's not mutated. He's, um, I would say he's like Azrael's consciousness. Yeah, now, Azrael <laughs> was uh, the son of Toriel and Asgore, who were, well, I guess. Spoilerinos, by the way, if you haven't played the game. It's it's been like six years. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, a lot of new people will probably <laughs> play it now. Now that's on Xbox, but the game's been out for six years. But so the uh, I guess the backstory of it is that Toriel and Azdor were kid and queen of the underground, and they had uh, well, technically one child and then one another child, a human child that they kind of adopted into their family and they're all they're all goat people and uh hugs hugs for goat mom the the goat child was named Ezreal and the do I want to do I want to do that away yet the name of the child I mean you already gave away who Azrael was so you may as well right, so the ch- uh there's Azrael and then the child who doesn't really have a name because when you start Undertale when you put in your uh, name for the game, you're actually naming that child. The child who fell. The first child who fell. Not the one you play as throughout the whole game. Ain't that some shit? You play as Frisk. Yeah, you actually play as Frisk, but like, the original child that like died and just basically what happened is like, all of a sudden one day like... See, what happened was... What happened was, the uh, I guess the human child got really sick one day and just flopped dead in the, in the middle of the castle. Ezreal was like, oh, Jesus Christ! So, Ezreal then takes the human child back up to the surface to uh, bring it back to the village where, it came, where the human child came from. Or, I should say they, because they never, it's never gender-specific. But, Ezreal absorbs the human soul so he becomes this like, powerful being and carries the child back up to the surface. And as Ezreal lays the child down on a bed of flowers, the other humans in the village think that Ezreal killed the human child, so they attack him. But Ezreal just keeps on walking back to the castle, and with all the injuries he sustained from the humans attacking him, he drops dead also in the castle grounds. So now Toriel and Asdor have both have lost both their children, which causes them to kind of fight amongst themselves, and they end up splitting. So Toriel lives out the rest of her life in the ruins. And... I'll just go ahead and say this is like a blanket statement. Like, we're going to be giving away a lot of information, but I've played this game three times, 
I've played four it. times. I've played this game four times, and I cry like a bit, like a, I cry like a bitch every time. Like it doesn't matter how much you know about the game or how much you play it. Like it's still, it it plays in such a way that you get so invested in what you're doing, and you get so attached to these characters that like. I'll probably pick it up and start playing it again, to be honest. Like, there's personality in literally everything. Like, every blade of grass. Like, and that even turns over to Deltarune, too. Like, I want to, just for an example, like, in Deltarune, uh, there's a part where you walk through a school before you get to the the real meat and bones of it. Where, like, each you go up to some lockers, and you go up to the first one and be like, the locker is locked. And then the second one will be like, the locker's locked is locked. And then the third one would be like, the locker's locked, locker's lock is locked. Like, it's just stuff like that. Or, like, going back to Undertale, like, when you go into Temi Village, there's, like, a line of, uh, well, Temis are these little, like, would you say they're dogs? They're adorable chibi dog creatures. They're, like, chibi dog creatures, and they're always, like, like, hoi, I'm Tim. Hoi, I'm Tim. Like, there's a line of them, you're like, hoi, I'm Tim, this is my friend Tim. And you go throughout them, Boy, and then... I'm Tim. Don't forget my friend, Tim. Then, Boy, I'm Tim. Don't forget my friend. Hi, I'm Bob. Yeah. It's like, don't forget my friend. And then the other one's like, hi, I'm Bob. Toby Fox, just as a whole, is a mad bastard genius. Just like... Like I said, I have played the game four times now. And I do the pacifist run because I don't have it in me to do a genocide run and like murder all these characters that I'm obsessed with. Um, But I've played this game four times and not once has it been the same. Like it's a different playthrough every time. Mm -hmm. And there's like the dialogue changes, the characters. The game is very self-aware. So like when you first restart the game, Flowey, that fucking flowert, he um, flowert. he makes a comment like, aren't you sick of this place yet? Or, you know, something like that. Like, it's like, just every time you restart, like, the characters feel like they they feel like they know that you've been there before, but well, they don't come right out and say it. Especially Flowey and Sands. Yeah. Which, I guess, so, kind of going through the plot. Howdy. Uh, who else do we know who says that? Flowered. Flowered. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're getting all these references from Jack Septiguy. He did if you, a, the man needs no promotion, but like if you really want a wholesome playthrough, go watch his playthrough. Like it's if precious. you if you don't feel like playing Undertale, I mean, why wouldn't you? It's a great game. But if you don't, if you truly don't feel like playing the game, there's plenty of playthroughs on YouTube, and I highly recommend Mr. Jack Septiguy because that's actually one of his more. Is that still one of his popular? It's one of his <laughs> top three most popular playthroughs, I think. But it was also one of his like top five personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Which, and you can tell, I just that's the thing. Like Cam definitely watches more YouTube than I do, but that's one of the things that gets me hooked on a particular creator is just that you can tell that they're invested in what they're doing, and you can tell that he's like one hundred and ten percent into this game. Yeah, and he has the the infamous pee break in the first episode. Like he's literally <laughs> gone through the ruins, and at one point he's like, "All right, I got to pee. I'll be right back." And he's just gone for a whole minute. A whole minute. A whole ass minute. He's out. just. But then he so he comes back and he says that like in a later, like years later, he was like, "So what happened was, I knew I had to edit that out." And then he goes, "But I also accidentally killed Toriel," and I was like, "Ooh, are people gonna be mad that I killed her?" 
And then he researched it and he's like, yeah, people are going to be mad that I killed her. So he edited that out, but like that took precedence in his brain. So he forgot to edit out the pee break. Let's see. So I should get back on the, we should get back on topic with the plot. <laughs> so I, mean, I mentioned the uh, flowery thing, right? Flowered? So basically, you know, you meet Flowey, and Flowey's acting all innocent. He's like, "Oh, you know, this is. Uh, let me show you how things work down here." And he, he tries to murder you straight right away, but then Toriel saves you at the last minute, and she kind of takes you through the ruins and basically holds your hand. She's, I mean, her name Toriel comes from Tutorial. But yeah, she takes so you. I guess through. technically her <clears throat> name would be Toriel. Toriel. I like Toriel. Tutorial. Toriel sounds fancier. I always gave her, and that's the other thing about Undertale when you play through it, like, you, you can give the characters your own voices. Like, everybody, I guess everybody has a different voice for all the characters. Some of them are the same. Like, when I did my playthrough of Undertale on my YouTube, Serpentam64, by the way, uh, I gave Toriel, like, a soft British woman voice. Like, oh dear. Such a shame a child like you has wandered down here. Or stuff like that. But, uh, Toriel takes you through ruins, and this is where the gameplay really shifts depending on what you do, because like like uh, Kate mentioned, there's three different routes you can take in this game. I mean, there's multiple possibilities that happen in each playthrough, but overall, there's three routes you can take in the game. There's the pacifist route, which you don't kill anybody, you always spare everybody. Uh, the neutral route, which is like maybe you spare these people, maybe you kill these people. I should say monsters, actually. Like you spare some, you kill the others. That's the neutral route. And then the genocide is you have to kill everybody. Like you have to like exhaust the. Uh, like you have to find, you have to walk around until you run into every monster in an area and kill all of them. Like and you'll know when it's active when you go back to a save point and they'll say like eight left or whatever. So yeah, the genocide route, it's its the hard, it's basically the hard mode of the game. I still haven't fully completed the genocide route, though I've tried. I've gotten as far as Sands. And oh boy, boy howdy, let me tell you. Oh, did you finally beat Undyne? Well, I've beat her before, I'm not, not in the Switch version. Maybe I should start it up again on PlayStation, because I beat her when I played it on the PlayStation, but on, the, on my Switch, I haven't beaten her. But anyway, so Toriel takes you through the ruins, and then she takes you to her house in the ruins, and you get to ask her, like, how do I exit the ruins? And we're gonna, I'm gonna tell the story like you're playing the pacifist route, because that is the, you know, that is the true route you should go to if you want the full story. But you asked her how to get out of there, and eventually she's like, uh, I gotta do, go do something, I'll be right back. And then she goes down these stairs, and you come up to her, and she basically tries to stop you from leaving the ruins, because she knows that any human that leaves there dies. So you have a battle with her, and of course, if you're doing pacifist, you spare her. And she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe you have some potential, but if you leave, you can't come back. So then you leave the ruins, and then you get into this snowy forest, and here's where you meet my personal favorite characters, Sans and Papyrus. Now, when I, I mentioned character voices too, Sans and Papyrus are one of those that, like, you can give them different voices too. Like, Sans always give, like, a new order, kind of like, hey, you know, that kind of voice. And Papyrus, a lot of people give the same voice. They give it, like, a skeleton, like, yeah, yeah, 
I the great papyrus. Having fun there on your on your Twitter. No, that's fine. Finish your tweet. <laughs> yeah, you meet Sansa Papyrus, and then you go through the snowy forest, I guess, if you want to call it that. And eventually, you get through uh, Snowden, and <clears throat> like I said, there's all kinds of passive stuff in. I guess I won't go through the whole plot because, I mean, plot for yourself, you plebs. But, yeah. There's just a lot of, uh... Should bring up some of my favorite moments. Is I figure if I talk about the plot, I'd be just babbling while you're just here like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but, uh, I guess some of my favorite... Dorian, would you calm down? I'm trying to do a podcast and you're acting like a heckin' cat. <laughs> anyway, uh... I guess some of my favorite moments. One of my uh, favorite random moments that can happen is that when you're in the snowy forest, you go up into this like <coughs> you go up into this uh, this little thing of land by a river, and a lot of times there'll just be a fishing pole there. And when you in- interact with it, it uh, you reel up a phone number, and basically somebody fishing out a- fishing for a line, you know. But sometimes, when you go into that room, there'll be a chance that all of a sudden, like, your phone... Oh, Toriel gives you a phone in the rooms. And there'll be a chance that when you enter that area, your phone will ring and somebody will be like, Oh, sorry, this is the wrong number. And then they'll start singing the wrong number song. They're like, Oh, it's the wrong number song. We're, we're sorry that we got it very wrong. It's just... It's fun. So, uh... Yes, yeah, who are some of your favorite characters? Or what are your some of your favorite moments, favorite characters? All of it, the whole game, all of them. Riveting. <laughs> um, no, my favorite characters are your are the like the main six. So. I totally thought you were gonna say your mom. My favorite character is your mom. <laughs> you know who else loves Undertale? My, my mom! <laughs> Um, no, like your main six, like um, Asgore, Torio, uh, Sands, and Undyne. Are you really doodling l- vegetables while you're doing this? I just asked her about Undertale, and she's looking at like kale and like lettuce and avocados. Grocery shopping. <laughs> Why? Um, Torio, Asgore, Undyne. Elphys. Elphys is probably one of my top three faves. Elphys is definitely one of those, like, uwu anime girls. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, Sans and Papyrus. My favorite moments in the whole game are any of the moments with the river person or with Sans, because I think they're just precious. Tra-la-la. Tra-la-la. Kifra, um, I just, yeah, I can't sing this game's praises enough. I just love this whole game. I love all of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a b- 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 uh, there's a bunch of theories too. There's a lot of backstories. There's a lot of theories that people. Uh, so basically, what the whole thing is, you find out from the plot of the pacifist route, or I guess it's the main plot of the game overall. But in the pacifist route is when you really get the whole story. Like eventually, like you find out about what happened to Azrael, what happened to Toriel and Asdor. And it's revealed to you that, like, yes, the person you are playing as throughout the whole game is actually named Frisk. 
and the name that you put in at the beginning is the the original child that died that you know Asdor and uh, Toriel's adopted human child that died is the one you name at the beginning so like in my case it'd be like oh the first child was named Tam but <clears throat> and it's also revealed that like Asdor the king of the underground had a plan to try to free all the monsters from the underground by breaking the barrier between them and the surface world to try to get back at the humans for pushing them underground because the whole thing with the humans and monsters they had a huge war and humans ended up winning and they pushed all the uh, they pushed all the monsters underground which is why they're all underground but there's a barrier there that Asdor he wants to break to free the monsters but in order to do that he needs the power of a human soul but Asdor's problem is because he's such a puss he collected at this point he collected like six was it six human souls or was it five he had five he needed six no he had six he needed seven are you sure yes I'm positive are you super positive yes are you HIV positive because Undyne says six six human souls or seven seven human souls is what we need to escape we have six you are correct yes shut up baby I know it <laughs> so basically yeah Asdor has six human souls and he needs he says he needs a seventh one to you know break the barrier but it's revealed that by Toriel that he really only needed one all along and he was just stalling but uh and why the pacifist route is so important is because you get all the way to the end, like you uh, you spare Asgore, but Flowey ends up killing him, and then you go into a boss fight with Flowey, and then you can actually spare Flowey as well. But as soon as the uh, there's a short little credit scene, and then like Sans, Undyne, and Papyrus actually call you and say like, "Hey, like don't give up wherever you are. Like I know you're, we know you're on the surface, but." Wherever you are, don't give up. We'll be okay. We'll figure it out on our own. And then when you go back into the game, Flowey just kind of pops up and be like, hey, what if I could get you a better ending? <clears throat> so it basically tells you to reload your save and head back to uh, head back to Alphys' lab in Hotland. And on your way there, Undyne actually calls you and says, hey, can you come back to Snowden where we are? I need you to deliver this letter for me. So you get the letter from Undyne and deliver it to Alphys. Oh, Alphys, you know, mistakes it as a letter from you. And she's like, oh, you know, it's a love letter from Undyne to Alphys because they're lesbian lovers and it's the most adorable thing ever. We stand it. I ship it. But it's a love letter to Alphys, but Alphys mistakes it for uh, Frisk. Or mistakes the writing for Frisk. And Alphys is like, oh, okay, let's go on a date. And you do this, like, fake little date thing, kind of like you do with uh, Papyrus and the Pacifist Root. By the way, I hope some of you have played this game because I'm talking about it like you have. Otherwise, you are definitely missing out. So, 100%. So, you do this fake date with, with uh, Alphys, and then Alphys admits her love for Undyne, and or she confesses her love to Undyne, and Undyne's like, alright, cool, Like I guess we're you know, I guess we're gonna be girlfriends then. So then you go <coughs> more into Alphys' lab 
and there's a letter, and she's like, you know, if I'm going to be completely open with you guys from now on, I want you to know what I've done. So she, it's an invitation to go into her bathroom, which is actually an elevator, that brings you down to the True Lab, which reveals all the stuff that Alphys was doing, because Alphys was actually a royal, was the royal scientist for, I think she still is, actually. She's the royal scientist, royal scientist for Asgore. And she does a lot of experimenting. And one day she's like, you know, what would happen if I took a human soul and injected it into a monster? And the uh, basically the whole the energy that comes from a human soul, they labeled as determination, which is why in the pacifist group, especially or just in general, at save points in the game, when you save, it says you're you know it says blah 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 blah, and it says. You're filled with determination. So basically, they call the energy from a human soul determination, and Alphys is doing a bunch of experiments on it, and you find out that Alphys actually injected determination into a yellow flower. Hmm. Sounds a lot like flowing, doesn't it? Flowered. Flowered. I just love the idea that his that flowy is short for flowered. Like I know that that's not canon, but I thought I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet Toby Fox right now to tell him to make it canon. Right. He'd just probably be like, "Why the fuck are you tweeting me? Like, go away." But you go through the True Lab and you find all these amalgamations, which basically is what happened when a uh, what happened when you injected determination into a monster because I guess a monster soul and a human soul are not are exactly aren't exactly equal and monsters can't handle the power of a human soul. So they end up just melting and some of them actually kinda morphed into one another. But you actually you end up like now at this point, when you go into the true lab, when you go for the true pacifist ending, like even if you wanted to fight anybody, you can't. Because, like, even if you accidentally hit fight and it goes to the thing to swing at them, you always miss. Because at this point, you're already on the roof of the true pacifist, so fighting isn't gonna hurt anything. But, uh... <clears throat> so, yeah, you, you know, spare all these amalgamations and basically give them a new lease on life, and eventually Elphys shows up and tells you everything she did. And... You go back into this elevator to get back up to Asdor's castle to go back to him, and there's a voice calling for you that's like, like, I haven't seen you in a while, like, I'll see you soon. Very ominous and whatnot. So there's, uh... Yeah, you go back to back up to Asdor's castle, and there's... All of a sudden there's vines covering the elevator, which was not there before. And uh, there's another room you should go through, which I, I should mention from the pacifist route. Uh, you go into it, and it's Sans's judgment room, where it's just it's all shadowy, and you walk through, and then you run into Sans, and Sans because he's omnipresent and he knows everything. He judges you based based on what you did. Now he praises you, obviously, if you've done the pacifist route and you haven't spared anybody, because he says stuff like, you know, even when you ran away, you did it with a smile. But if you, uh, he says some different things if you, uh, if you, like, killed somebody or whatever. And he even says something different if you, like, save before you talk to him and then reload and then go talk to him again. 
does it do a secret thing like wait like we've already done this and he gives and he ends up giving you a secret password and then if you go back again it you say so he says something about the password and he's like oh that's dumb here's a key so then you can go back to his house in snowden and actually open up a secret room but the judgment room he basically talks to you and judges what you've done but the pacifist room he praises you and he's like hey you've got this and one thing I actually experimented with is I did a kind of neutral route like I spared everybody but I killed Papyrus who's Satan's brother as you mentioned because I'm a goddamn monster but I went through that route I only killed Papyrus and he one of the things he said was like if you had the power to you know over time don't you think it's your you know your idea to or it's your job to do the right thing and I answered yes and he's like oh okay and the dot 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 and then it got really silent his eyes went black and he's like then why did you kill my brother and I'm like I'm sorry like I felt so bad you should how could you look at that sweet papyrus and think I'm gonna finna kill you <laughs> I'm, finna, I'm finna kill you guys I'm gonna kill you guys okay buddy <laughs> uh, alright I guess I'll end one segment here and then do another so be right back in a second to talk more about Undertale wahoo And we're back. So, I should move on to towards the end of the game. So, obviously, when you fought Asdor the first time, Flowey killed him, and then you had a boss fight with Omega Flowey, who's just this monstrous, like, real photorealistic monster of a thing. But when you're going through the true pacifist, you go up to Asdor again, and before he, before you actually find him, Toriel kind of kicks him out of the way. They have a little back and forth, and then everybody else shows up, like Sans, Papyrus... Uh, Undying Alphys and they all show up and basically Toriel's like oh looks like you made a lot of friends here I had nothing to worry about and <laughs> Alphys then turns to Papyrus and is like "Like Papyrus if you knew you know you know, I know you invited everyone here except for Toriel but like how did you know where we were all gonna be and Papyrus is like let's just say a little flower a tiny yellow flower told me and Alphys is basically just like, you fucking dumbass. So then Flowey captures them all in his vines, and he threatens to, like, end your life. But before he can, everybody else starts defending you, and all the monsters that you spared throughout the game come in to lend you their strength. And Flowey's just like, no, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. And then he flips the switch, and he's like, I can't believe you're all so stupid. And he ends up absorbing pretty much everyone's souls. And by doing that, he returns to his true form. He returns to Asriel. Asriel Dreamer. And uh, I think I'm going to look it up quick because I can't actually play it through Spotify because then it messes with with my uh, monetization on this and my analytics. But the soundtrack for this game, by the way, top notch. It is amazing. I I still listen to it almost daily. I mean, yeah, just listen to this uh, <clears throat> this song that plays when you fight 
Ezreal. And then we get the drop. Fuck yeah, that makes you want to fight. Like, and I should uh I should mention too, as long as I'm talking about the soundtrack, when you fight Omega Fly, or I guess as he's called Photoshop Flowey, like it starts off with like sounding like hopelessness. Like it sounds like the sound the music sounds like like you're gonna die. Like Flowey's gonna here to kill you. But then halfway through the other souls that help you out, and it'll lend you strength, and then the music changes, it's still the same tone. But it had well, it's still the same like type of song, but it changes in tone to like uh you know you've got this like you can beat him you know just hold on. But yeah, that uh that song that plays when you fight Ezreal is called Hopes and Dreams, and there's actually uh there's actually three different songs that plays. So the first one is Hopes and Dreams. That's the da 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 that one. And then there's a second one where that plays when he thinks he's gonna win. And then that one's called Burn in Despair. And then the one that, like, I think this plays when you're about to win the fight. This plays towards, towards the end of the fight when you're on the, like, third half of it. And then this also plays towards the end of the fight too, and uh, because Ezreal ends up, you end up, he because he absorbed the souls of like Undyne, Elphus, Sans Papyrus, Toriel, and Asgore, you end up in the third half of the fight saving them from Ezreal, and then after you save all of them, they're like, wait, there's one more soul that needs to be saved, and then like you're like. It says, like, save lost soul. And it says, like, you told out his name. And Ezra was like, wait, what are you doing? And then this fucking song plays. I almost cried just thinking about it. But, yeah, basically, you save Ezreal's... His soul. And the game... It's... (laughs) It still makes me tear up to this day, but... Once you opt to save his soul, like he turns back to like the child form of Ezreal, and he has this huge speech where you know he's like, "I know you're not the original child. I know you're Frist," and he's like, he feels really bad. He he knows he hurt so many people. Like he just, <laughs> God damn it, I'm actually tearing up now. Just talking about it. Whew. But it's a very emotional moment, especially. When you choose to, if you choose to forgive him, just basically you're saying like, you know, after all the stuff he's done, after all the people he's hurt, like you're still willing to forgive him because you are once brothers. It's just, it's just very emotional. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, then with Ezreal, he's like, all right, well, you know, there's one last thing I need to do. 
So he ends up freeing all the souls he had trapped inside him. He destroys the barrier, and basically, he sacrifices himself himself to save everyone and return everyone back to the surface. Then, obviously, you wake back up. Everybody knows you're Frisk by now. You wake back up. You go to the surface with everybody, and you're all free to start life anew. And that's all of Undertale. Talked about mediocrely. Mediocre. What's the word I'm looking for? In a mediocre fashion by a mediocre man. <laughs> now, <clears throat> if I could go back to the music for a second, there's a lot of uh, things called uh, there's things called motifs, which basically, in this sense, it's you know you take a piece of one song and throw it in another, and Undertale is just full of that. Like if you listen through the soundtrack, you'll notice that parts of some songs sounds like another song, like. In that, like in that Ezreal, the Ezreal fight, the track "Save the World" has the uh, flowy music. Like, there's definitely there's a lot of reused music for. Well, and they did that one specifically because Flowey and Azriel were the same consciousness. Oh yeah, but they do that a lot. Like, if you look at like the Napstablook fight. Oh, I love Napstablook. I take it back. He's my favorite character. Napstablook. I fucking love Napstablook. Oh, I see you're trying to get by. <laughs> like he's just—he's so precious. Like if you like, you know the Napstablook music, right? Yeah. And then you know the dummy fight music, right? Yeah. It's essentially the same thing, but the dummy fight just has added instruments in it. Well, yeah, because the dummy was inhabited <coughs> by. <laughs> ghost and Napster is a ghost just like Metaton oh yeah like speaking of Metaton like a lot of his music like plays into different parts of his section too but uh no theories but there's a uh let's talk about like unknown characters in the franchise now there's a character that I think is kind of mentioned offhand depending on you know what random encounter you get but there's characters that mention a character by the name of Gaster. Now... W.D. Gaster? Yeah, W.D. Gaster. Wingding Gaster? Now, Gaster is in, I guess, an Undertale canon, was the original royal scientist, but he died... He Well, he didn't... I suppose he didn't die. He, he disappeared. He was doing an experiment with, like, dimensions and stuff, and he, uh, he fell into his experiment, as they explained. Basically, he got ripped apart again across like space and time. So basically he's still out there, he's just not whole. But uh Yeah, there's that. Go away menus. Uh and then while we're at it, let's mention Deltarune. Now, Deltarune made by the same guy, Toby Fox, and I guess it's not really a it's not a sequel to Undertale. It's set in the same universe, I want to say. It has a bunch of the same characters, but I don't think it's the same universe. And it came out on Halloween of 2018. Or Chapter 1 did, at least. Toby Fox is still working on multiple chapters, but we haven't seen an update of that. I thought he was going to release an update, like, a few days ago. But then he was just like, LOL! Undertale on the Xbox! So, Delta Room is a, according to the Wikipedia, 
is a role-playing video game currently being developed by Toby Fox. The player controls a human, Chris, in a town inhabited by monsters. Chris and a classmate named Susie fall into an unknown place called the Dark World, where they meet Ralsei, who informs them that they are heroes destined to save the world. The trio meets various beings who call themselves Dartners during a prophesized quest to seal the duplicate Dark Fountain. Mainly through the combat system, the player navigates through different kinds of bullet hell attacks by enemies, which can be resolved peacefully or through violence. Now, since Chapter 1 is the only one that's out, the whole, like, peace versus violence thing, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's some dialogue changes, but it doesn't matter all that much. I'm sure it will once the rest of the chapters are released. Let's see. Development of Delta Room began in t- uh, 2012. The battle system was overhauled from Fox's previous game, Undertale, resembling the one used in Final Fantasy games. The first chapter of the game was released for free on October 31st, 2018 for Microsoft Windows and Mac OS. The Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 editions were released on February 28th, 2019. A full release is planned, but no release date has been announced yet. Bless you. Thank you. The soundtrack, characters, and sense of humor was praised by critics with mixed reactions towards its similarities to Undertale. It's the same guy! Like, why would you have mixed reactions? Like, oh, it's just like Undertale. It's the same guy! Ah! Why are you screaming? I'm angry about this. So anyway, Delta <laughs> Yeah, Delta Run is basically the same thing. It's a, it's a different story, but it's made from the same guy. It's the same... Undertale thing. It's the same Undertale deal, but it's like a different universe. Like, in this universe, uh, Toriel and Asdor are still married, but Undyne and uh, Elphys have never met. Uh, Sands of Papyrus are still brothers. Uh, Elphys is a teacher instead of a scientist. Well, I think she is a scientist, but not like a scientist for a king. She's a scientist for school. Like, Toriel is a teacher. Uh, Asdor <laughs> runs a flower shop. Yeah, the whole thing of Deltarune is it's, uh... You go, you and Susie... Susie's kind of the bully at the beginning, but you two go into a... Alpha sends you both into a school closet to get chalked for her classroom, and you end up falling into this dark world. And <coughs> basically, Ralsei shows up and is like, hey, like you two are the destined heroes. You have to seal this dark fountain in order to save us. And at first, Susie's just like, nah, I ain't about that. But eventually warms up. But, uh... uh, I really love Delta Rune. I don't... Delta Rune. Delta Rune. You haven't really played it, though, have you? Um, I don't know. I guess I wasn't that into Delta Rune. I mean, it's essentially the same thing as Undertale, so... You should. Well, it's not the same thing. They're different games. It's made with the same guy. It's the same thing! <laughs> uh, but, no, in this one, like, you, obviously, you're, the human child you play as is Chris. And, uh, Azrael is still a thing, but Azrael doesn't show up in the game yet. Azrael is apparently, is still your brother, but he has been off to college and he has yet to visit. Now, the thing that threw me for a loop when I first played it is the ending of it excuse you that's the thing what threw me through a loop is the end of it which you and you know you go into bed after your long journey and then Chris wakes up in the middle of the night all like slumped over and you see him reach his hand out and he pulls out 
his own heart and throws it in the cage and then shuffles back towards the center of the room, looks back at like you and holds a knife. You're just like, this this isn't like the rest of the game. Like what the hell's going on here? Some may right here. But there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of theories in Delta Road too. Like there's a door you can come across that has the same sound coming out of it as a certain at a certain point in uh, Undertale when you tried to call your phone, but there was a weird like weird glitchy sound, and a lot of people thought that was Daster, and a lot of people hear that in Delta Road and they think Daster is a part of that too, which I really want to believe, but. I guess we'll have to wait till chapters two, three, and four. Uh, anything else? Anything else I should mention? Ooh, the game or uh, Delta Rune soundtrack was nominated for the Game Audio Network Guild slash Madfest People's Choice Award at the 2019 Gang Awards. G A N G. I want to talk about the Delta Rune soundtrack too. Like, if you thought Undertale soundtrack was good, Delta Rune's is really good and the one thing that's different from Undertale soundtrack is that one of the songs actually has lyrics to it like um in the <clears throat> in the soundtrack it's labeled Don't Forget and it says featuring Laura Shigahara and I'll just give you a brief glimpse of that Which, that threw me through for a loop, too, because listen, while I was listening to that, I'm like, wait, there's actual words to a Toby Fox song? But, uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, all I can think about saying on Dose Ruin and Until. Uh, anything you want to add? Bib? No. Nah? No. You look tired? You want a nap? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I should probably... I booked all day. Yeah, I should probably get some rest too, because if it wasn't obvious this whole podcast, I'm still pretty sick. But yeah, that's my uh, episode on Undertale. I highly suggest you go and get it, whether you... I think it's still free on PC, but it's it's pretty cheap everywhere else if you want to get it. Like, last I checked on PlayStation, it was like 10 bucks. Excuse me. It was like ten bucks, and I think it's, I think it's ten bucks on the Switch too. Except if you're like my wife, and paid thirty bucks for it. I got the collector's edition. All that came with it was a book. Yeah, but it's precious. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cheap if you want to get it everywhere else. But I think it's still free on uh, PC. It might not be free anymore because it's mainstream now. But, uh, yeah. Go play Undertale, you plebs. I'm just kidding. You're not all plebs. I love you all very much. Uh, as always, you know, if you have a comment about my podcast, you can always send me a voice message. The link will be in the description of this podcast. Uh, you can also go to my Instagram, supercamp 64 Uh, leave a random comment on a video of mine on YouTube, supercamp 64 I'm going to try to upload more there regularly by doing I just do like gameplay videos there but I might do a uh, video version of a newscast every now and then those by the way come out Wednesdays uh, YouTube Super Team 64 uh, TikTok 
I'm on TikTok at SuperTam64. Uh, Twitter, also SuperTam64. Basically, just type in SuperTam64 and you can pretty much find me anywhere. Except, do not follow me on Snapchat. I am not one of those people. Uh, did you want to promote your social medias? Nah, I don't post much on them. Good to know. <clears throat> Alright. So yeah, that's my episode. Like I said, you know, follow my social medias, leave me a message, you know, tell me how much how, how much you like the episode or how much I suck. And that's going to be it for me from today. Uh, I promise next episode I'll... Next episode I probably will get back to the Harry Potter series because hopefully I'm better by then. But until then, I will see you guys later. Love you all. Take care. Bye-bye. So long, farewell, avoir voir the same. Bye, have a great time.